pass away. I did not die in the ditch. Ian did not drink me under the table. I'm back. <laughs> no, nobody. What's up, nobody, everybody? Nobody puts Blake in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people that do uh, definitely do work on me with shots, and, and you know that's probably my one weakness. But I've had my fair share of malort, as Ian has seen. You know some of that <laughs> Chicago gasoline. Oh, you mean you mean malort? <laughs> it's how you talk when you drink it <laughs> yo appreciate you all being here with the betting 11 we're at betting xi on twitter and we are the betting xi.net on the on the web and gmail is the betting xi at gmail.com take a look Ian. what's our instagram again uh, at the betting xi boom there we go we're back at you. And, uh, you know, I was taking a look at some of Soccer Picks, uh, Nate's recommendations, Liga MX tonight. There there was some craziness, just kind of like there was with uh, Manchester. It's two to one and a half, and then all of a sudden you see a 5-1 final. Uh, looks like the Tecate kicked in at halftime. <laughs> they, were, they were rolling over there. And, you know, what got into Manchester in that second half? It, it looked like they were down in the dumps, down two to one, and here we go. Boom. End up yeah. scoring. Yeah, I mean, somebody finished the worm over in Mexico. I mean, this shit got crazy there in the second <laughs> half. <laughs> there you go. Finish the worm, man. I'm always looking at those bottles like, I really wonder if somebody actually finishes that off. And mm, mm, not mm. my cup of tea, man. Tequila either. <laughs> Woof. Yeah, yeah. They, they, say not to, they say not to drink the water in Mexico, but uh, I'd probably say don't drink the tequila either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a uh, full slate of games on the weekend, but uh, we're going in solidarity with uh, some of the EPL players. Ian, why don't you let everybody know what we're kind of doing? Yeah, so I don't know if you guys saw earlier in the week, but uh, English soccer officials came out and announced that they're going to be doing a social media blackout uh, to protest the ongoing and sustained um, racist abuse received online by players and many others uh, connected in the football world. And uh, it's kind of received the support of a bunch of, excuse me, a bunch of different groups, including the Premier League, um, also England's FA, uh, the two top professional tiers of men's and women's soccer, uh, referees, uh, the country's players unions, and uh, also most recently UEFA. And um, so I think in, in solidarity with that, you know, we, we've been preaching that there's no room for racism and everything. I think we're going to also... Uh, try and boycott social media for the weekend. And according to these articles and everything, the media blackouts are scheduled to begin on Friday, April 30th at 3 uh, 3 p.m. Greenwich time, which is actually 11 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning. So we're recording this uh, late on Thursday, almost midnight now. So, you know, I'm glad you did that math for me because uh, (laughs) (laughs) nope. Yeah, so, so we might get one or two more tweets out here before that uh, ban goes into effect, but we're we're very much going to stand with them, and you know we think something's got to be done, and you know it, it's really those power brokers there that we talked about in, in the English football that are demanding these online platforms do something about all this racism. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good idea that they take to the streets, take to the public view by being antisocial and. And really, you know, as fast as Super League hit the ground running, this definitely should come together faster than that. And I believe they're they're on the right track 
to eliminating some of that stuff. I know Ian and I are always chatting about this, but I don't want to be chatting about this anymore. I'd like to see it cleaned up and like to see just, you know, have the pitch and then on field stuff, tell its stories and keep the humor where it's supposed to be from Klopp's mouth, complaining about different things like training grounds and, and stadiums. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with that said, uh, we're going to get all our picks out tonight. And hopefully we'll get the pod posted for you guys. Uh, even if we don't, you know, the if you're subscribed to it, it'll pop up in your feed, whether we're on social media or not. So uh, we'll, we'll have all those picks for you. Yeah, so I think we're headed to Brighton hosting Leeds, and that's going to be on Saturday. And the time is 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern. And it's a matchup of two teams that are, you know, hunkered where they're supposed to be in the standings. Brighton sitting on 34 points, just above relegation and pretty safe, I might say. Uh, you know, Fulham's at 27. And then you've got Leeds sitting at 47 points. And who would have thunk it? But uh, they're just a couple games shy of European qualification. And, you know, unfortunately for Arsenal, they they looked like they were going to head that way. And then they've had a little bit of a uh, loss-draw scenario in the last few. But Leeds have been continuing to gain points. They're 50-50 goals for, goals against. The high pressure's giveth and the high pressures taketh. And so what do we see here, Ian, on, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about the high pressure, but I, I think actually recently, at least against the big teams, you know, Leeds has kind of backed off of that high pressure and you know, they've kind of tried to sit in and, and get results here. And it's it's kind of worked for them. You know, if you look at their, their last couple of run-ins, I know we talked about how hard their run-ins were going to be. They beat Manchester City 2-1, to they tied Liverpool 1-1, to and they tied Man United 0-0. You know, if we would have looked at that a month ago, that was three straight losses. And, you know, they come out of there with, what, five points? So, and then, you know, before that, they tied Chelsea 0-0. So, you know, they, they've definitely um, figured some stuff out to at least get some results. And, you know, if we're looking at the odds, they're huge underdogs. Uh, going on the road there, it, I kind of like a, a draw, no bet, plus 134. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, Leeds are the only Premier League side to draw, not draw an away game as of yet. They've won eight and lost eight on the road. But uh, like you said, they've dropped their entertainment level a little bit. They were on averaging about four plus goals a game, and now they're over the last four games sitting about two and a quarter goals per game. So, you know, like you said, they're, they're going to sit back a little bit and, and Brighton notorious for, for sitting back a little bit. What'd you say earlier in the year? Like, well, if you want an under game, go to, go look at a Brighton match, uh, something like that. So it could be that, that this game is as anticlimactic as you speak. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I could definitely go with a, a leads draw no bet plus 134, you know, Bielsa is just, he's such a good coach, you know, and, especially when he's going up against teams who are playing every three or four days. I know this game isn't one of those, but he's got a whole week to prepare and it's kind of hard to go against him at this point in the season. Yeah. I hear you there. And then, then we're moving over to Chelsea, your brother's favorite team. Ian's <laughs> brother Aaron loves the Chelsea blues. Yeah. I don't know why they're so fucking boring to watch. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> I hate Chelsea so much, oh. but I mean, this game very well could be a zero, zero snooze fest. Um, you know, Chelsea, they're playing in the midweek again against Real Madrid after getting a fairly decent result. You know, they got that away goal one, uh, one there. And I'm not sure if there's really any odds here that are worth betting on. Cause you know, we've talked about that, that tax on Chelsea under two and a half 
it's just ridiculous. You know, under two and a half is minus 120, which actually isn't horrible for a Chelsea game. Normally it's around 150, 160, you know, in the last couple of games. Yeah. You know, the only thing I, I think in, in my head is that Tuchel has got to open up the game some at some point. Can't just be like a, a win, draw, win, draw, loss, draw type situation because now they're only three points ahead of West Ham and in danger of dropping out of Champions League contention, right? I mean, they've played 33 games this season and they're they're only sitting three points clear of that spot. West Ham is nipping at their heels. So if you're going to go ahead and play a team like Fulham, who's been the you know hard luck bunch this year, even though Ian and I really actually like the way that they've played most of the entire year, they hadn't been winning. You got to continue that trend if you're Chelsea, especially at home, and take advantage and get the points. Yeah, you know, I mean, you got to like a Chelsea win, but I don't know. I mean, well, Fulham are still their backs are up against it. They they've got to win to to get out of the drop, and it's just I don't know. I, I really don't know how to call this one. They're still Fulham are seven points out of the drop. They're they're probably getting relegated. So at this point, you know, maybe they don't have anything to play for, but this is this is probably the last last uh, chance saloon here. So you got to see Fulham throwing the whole kitchen sink there. Yeah, I agree with you. Too too close to call at the moment for me. If some sort of odds change or we see some injuries, then we might might roll that way. But if we're making the picks before social media blackout, we got to stay away probably from that one. Good matchup though, in my opinion. If you like technical football, uh, we're moving over towards Everton, and they're hosting uh, Villa. You know, Everton, speaking about European qualification, they're just one point behind Tottenham on the table there, 52 and 53, uh, whereas Villa are just sitting in the middle, happy-go-lucky, not going to get relegated, not making any European waves. And uh, what, what do you see here? I mean, to me, this one has also gotten under two and a half written all over it. Uh, just kind of depends, you know, again, on the odds here. Maybe you go both teams to score. No. Um but, you know, and neither team has really impressed as of late under two and a half is sitting at minus 115. Um, you know, both teams to score is sitting at uh, plus 105 for no. And, you know, I, I know Everton played Arsenal uh, last week and it was one nothing. It should have been zero zero because the goal that Leno gave up was just absolutely probably the worst goal that any goalkeepers given up this season. Hmm. Um, I but I was feeling it for you on that one, man. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that, that was rough. But I mean, we've got no chance at getting in the top four anyway. So who really cares about that? But yeah, I mean, you know, this this has got a draw written all over it to me. Uh, zero zero one one one. It's something low scoring. Yeah, the only thing I got a, a hot stat is six of the last seven head to heads at Goodison Park have produced at least one goal after the 75th minute. So who, who knows? I mean, if you're playing trends, there's just no Grealish out there for me. And I, I miss that about Aston Villa. I really like seeing him play and love the short shorts and the short socks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, I wish he'd get back and play. He, he, he is really such a good watch. So La Liga, España. That's where we're at next. Ibar hosting Deportivo Alaves. Yeah, and this is probably the first game that I absolutely love uh, on the slate here that we're talking about. Um, you know, it, it, for some reason to me, this this line just stinks. You know, it, it, if we're looking at 
at the line, somehow Ibar are favorites in this. And I mean, maybe it's because they're sitting at the bottom and their backs are up against the wall. But, you know, if you look at Alaves, their, their last five games, they've got two wins, two draws and a loss. And Ibar have lost five in a row. And, you know, Alaves have won three in a row uh, head to head here. So to me, I want to almost take an Alaves money line, which is like plus 235, but I think we'll back it down to an Alaves draw, no bet at plus 110, which just seems too good to be true there. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is is the amount of injuries and red card suspensions that they have might impact the way that they're going to be playing. But, you know, for them to, to be uh, such a weird odds against Ibar. I mean, you, you got to go with what Ian's saying, the draw no bet. And I mean, they're both in the same situation is what I'm trying to say. You know, they're both playing for their lives, 31 points as opposed to 23 points. You can't tell the difference because both of them are fighting to stay out of relegation. So with the form play, I mean, Ibar is, looks like crap. Alaves looks like the team to play with. Yeah. So I, I, I really like the Alaves draw no bet there, you know, um, I think that'll get into the starting 11 here. And then, you know, moving on, we've got 1230 Eastern on Saturday. Huesca hosting Real Sociedad. And this is another game that I, I think I really like here. Uh, Real Sociedad money line is minus 103. I know we got them last week on the money line. Um, but if you look at the last couple head-to-heads, uh, Sociedad won 4-1 to earlier in the season. And uh, they actually they haven't lost to Huesca in the last five overall. Um, Sociedad are only one loss in their last five and Wiska have lost three in a row now, you know, and, and looking at the table, Wiska, they are in the drop, but I mean, it's kind of looking like they're, they're not going to be getting out of there. Yeah, no, they're not. I mean, Sociedad, they're, they're scrapping for that second consecutive Europa League appearance. So I got to believe that they're going to do well in the money line at minus one Oh three. I'm definitely willing to take a stab at it there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then uh, another La Liga game that I, I think, um, you know, I, I just like is three o'clock Eastern Real Madrid hosting Osasuna. And you can get Osasuna plus one Asian handicap at plus 135 right now. And I, I know Madrid are going to be huge favorites. But if you look at Madrid in in La Liga specifically, because they've had such a, a hard schedule here of late, you know, with, with Champions League and everything, you know, they tied 0-0 against Betis. Uh, they beat Cadiz uh, 3-0. Then they tied against Hetafe 0-0. Uh, they beat Barcelona 2-1. So, you know, it, it's not been super impressive for Madrid, specifically because of injuries and what's been going on in the Champions League. And I think this is a spot where, you know, you can get Osasuna a, a really good line here. And Osasuna, up until their last game, were just on a tear. You know, um, they, they beat Valencia 3-1. They beat Elche 2-0. They beat Villarreal 2-1. They tied Hatafe 0-0, tied Huesca 0-0, tied Valladolid 0-0. Um, so they really clawed themselves out of any sort of question of relegation there. And I think, you know, Madrid are going to rest a bunch of players again, getting ready for, for Chelsea in the midweek. 
Yeah, I actually agree with that. I think also sooner are going to be like the banana peel to Real Madrid's title challenge. You know, Atletico, they're they're sitting at the top of the table, only two points ahead of Real. But like Ian says, there's some European competition still to be leery of. And so for that fact alone, I mean, Asasuna, they've been a thorn in some people's sides as of late. You got to go with them on some sort of Asian handicap. For us, it's the plus one at plus 135. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of that uh, La Liga title race, it seems like it's a banana peel for everybody. You know, like <laughs> Barcelona got beat by Granada today, two to one. Atletico got beat last week, and nobody wants to win the league. It's It's crazy what's going on there. Yeah, good old Granada decided to show up. It's not the Granada that we saw exit European qualif- uh, you know, European competition early. It's it's the one that made it in there. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I think we'll move on then to the DFB Pokal. You know, we've got uh, 2.30 Eastern, Dortmund hosting, hosting Kiel, who are kind of the last Cinderella's left standing. And I really like uh, both teams to score, yes, minus 110. I just – I don't think – much of Dortmund's back line. You know, I think hosting Kiel will get a goal. I think Dortmund will get a bunch of goals, but, um, you know, both teams to score there. Minus 110 seems like pretty good odds. Dortmund aren't going to rest anybody because there's nothing to rest them for. Uh, you know, so for me, I, I agree with you. They're going to score a bunch, and that leads to openings in the field, right? If they're going to play high and they're going to play open across the pitch and try to make waves for Holland and, and, and showcase the guys that they're trying to sell, then why not why not see Holstein Kiel and the Cinderella Cinderella people over there score some goals? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And be interesting to see who ends up in the finals there because we've got uh, Bremen hosting Leipzig and the other leg there. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be Leipzig Dortmund, which would be a great matchup there. But you know, you, you never know what could happen. I'd like to watch that. That would actually be a fantastic uh, game to watch, especially when it means silverware. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and, and so moving on there, we'll, we'll go on to Sunday, 12 Eastern. We've got Udinese hosting Juventus. And, uh, you know, I really like it. both teams to score and over two and a half, which is sitting at plus 100, even money there. You know, if you look at the last five head-to-heads, um, all but one of them have been both teams to score and over two and a half. They've all been over two and a half. Been a bunch of goals here. And, you know, Juventus really pushing for that top four there. They're going to have to get goals and their back line hasn't been very good. You know, they haven't had a shutout, you know, in four games now. And, you know, I just I think Udinese has a little something here for him. I think Juventus win, but it'll be decent game. Yeah, I mean, what you just said there speaks to the one stat that I kind of looked up for this game is that seven of Juventus' eight Serie A away matches against sides in the bottom half ahead of this game week witnessed both teams score, and Juventus' record in those matches was win four, draw four. So it's not like they're complete domination in, in those games. It definitely lends to Udinese having some sort of opportunity to score here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, again, every game is a massive game for Juventus right now. And do you really trust Pirlo to to get a clean sheet? No, I don't think so. Hey, motherfucker, give, give me the ball <laughs> up top. No, I don't. I do not. Yeah. Um, then we'll move on back to the Premier League. We got Sunday at eleven thirty Eastern. We got United hosting Liverpool, which sounds like a massive game, but for some reason. United against big teams this season has just, at least in the league, has just kind of disappointed. 
Um, you know, you look at the past five head-to-heads, four of the last five have been under two and a half, and we can get an under two and a half at minus 105. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking that United are probably going to be pretty tired after this Roma game, six to two. They had to expend a lot of energy when they're down two to one and a half. Um, so, so give me under two and a half. Yeah, the last uh, three out of five matches for Liverpool have been under two and a half. So, I mean, it's not like they're scoring loads of goals, right? Uh, so for me, I agree with you on that. Under two and a half sounds good. Yeah, and if you look at United's matches against, you know, top six or eight teams, um, almost all of them, you know, maybe three or four have not been over uh, under two and a half. So it's just, they just, it's just, what's so frustrating about United is they could be so great, but for some reason they come out against top teams and just don't want to play. Yeah, sad for them. You know, we'll stay in England, and, and you see the Hotspurs hosting Sheffield United, the Blades, baby. Yeah, we got that game kicking off uh, Sunday at 2.15 Eastern. And, you know, I mean, I know Sheffield have been relegated and everything, but Spurs are so bad at the back. Like, when's the last time they had a shutout? Yeah, <laughs> good good question, man. <laughs> it's not even <laughs> worth me looking up that stat. I bet you it's not around. I have no clue. Yeah, I mean, you know, one, two, three, four, five games in a row they've conceded. And, you know, up until until then, you know, it just – it's falling apart for them at the back. It's not going well. They've got a new manager. Um, and both teams to score, yes, is plus 112. You know, and, and we've talked about how tight Sheffield play teams, even after they've been relegated. You know, they're, they're not – they've got a lot of pride. They're, they're not going to back off. And, you know, they're – they're still a good squad, so I like that both teams to score there. Yeah, I mean, they picked up their fifth win of the season when they beat Brighton. So, you know, most of their games, uh, you know, are one-goal margins. And definitely with the the leaky holes at the back for Tottenham, I mean, 16 of 26 defeats for Sheffield this year of, uh, you know, seeing them lose by only a goal. And no other side has seen so many narrow-margin results. So I, I definitely, I definitely am with you on that. Yeah. Um, so then we'll move on to Italy, uh, Lazio, Genoa at 6.30 Eastern on Sunday bright and early. Uh, both teams to score and over two and a half is sitting at plus 110. If you look at the last five head-to-head, four of them have been both teams to score and over two and a half. You know, and Lazio's, uh, let's see, what is it? I think f- six of their last seven have been both teams to score and over two and a half. And then uh, Genoa are pretty close to there as well. I think they're four. Their last seven have been both teams to score and over two and a half. So that's that's a pretty good shot there for 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 the trends. Yeah, if you look at the last nine Serie A head-to-heads for these two teams, it averages about 3.89 goals. And it's not an about. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, you know, with all but one witnessing both teams to score. So definitely expect some goals in this one. If you're feeling risky, you know, take the over three and a half, but for us, it's over two and a half with plus money. Yeah. And, you know, Lazio are just firing right now. They're creating so many chances up front. And uh, if you watched the game against AC Milan last weekend, uh, sorry, it was a midweek, uh, Milan had plenty of chances or opportunities to, to create some chances and just couldn't quite capitalize. I know Genoa isn't AC Milan's level, but you got to like Lazio to to squeak one up there and, you know, just, just give up a goal. Um, and then we've got two more games, uh, and actually back to Saturday on the MLS 
not that they're a lesser league or anything, but we'll save them for last. (laughs) 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 Saturday, Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, we got Houston Dynamo hosting LAFC. Uh, LAFC Moneyline is plus 125. And, you know, LAFC, they're one of the best teams in the league. You know, they're they're not going to lose a lot of games. And you're getting them off the back of a draw, you know. So um, they're they're definitely going to want to come and make a statement there. Yeah, I, I I don't really have much to say about the MLS game that you're talking about, aside from, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I I like I like LAFC. I really like their uniforms. <laughs> Bayern <laughs> has stolen their colors for the upcoming uh, third kit next season. Oh, it's shit. fantastic. Okay. It's black and gold. Uh, nice. What a great kit. FC Hollywood for Bayern Munich there. Huh? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we we're showboarders, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> showboarders from our couch in Europe right now, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, and and then one last game we got Saturday 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, New England Revolution hosting Atlanta, and you know normally when we talk about MLS we're talking about over two and a half, over three and a half all day long, but the the Revs they are kind of contrarian to the MLS. They don't score a lot of goals. They defend really well. They counter, and Atlanta they haven't quite hit their it's sorry it's really hard for me to say atlanta after like this whole season saying atalanta i want to say atalanta too <laughs> it's atlanta. So much more fun. <laughs> um, but yeah so atlanta they they haven't quite hit their stride yet you know um their key striker joseph martinez is coming off an acl injury he's not a, really back to where he was before he got hurt so i really like an under two and a half plus 108 there yeah, and, and you know, speaking of MLS teams, Ian, have you seen any of that Concacaf Champions League? I mean, the, the oh, Sounders versus crazy. Club America. I mean, it's it's been crazy, dirty play, man. People are cutthroat in those games. It's been fantastic yeah. to watch. Actually, I'm surprisingly enough, you know, they're on later at night during the week, and it's like, all right, little soccer to watch. And I'm re- actually really enjoying it. It's almost the same as what you know Nate's watching with Liga MX, where those guys, you know, they're they're feeding the crazy worm into their blood. It's just like. Tackle after tackle. I mean, you saw with the Philly tackle in quotations because that was not a tackle. That was like a murder. But, uh, you know, that type of thing, close to that type of thing is happening on the regular there. So maybe the El Salvadorian, uh, not not Al Borland, (laughs) sorry, El Salvadorian referees were were, on to something there with with only issuing a yellow as they see multiple things. Uh, Another addition I want to add to the pod today is, you know, congratulations to Jesse Marsh. We talked about how uh, Dortmund versus RB Leipzig is going to be a good match. And and if not for the silverware, uh, additionally for the players to make a statement for their new and upcoming coach, Nagelsmann is going to go over to Bayern, which I, you know, I'm indifferent toward, but uh, you you see Jesse Marsh getting promoted, like Ian called from uh, Salzburg to, uh, to Red Bull Leipzig. And so for him, it's a great opportunity to make a statement as an American coach, kind of like how Bob Bradley once did. You know, he was pretty successful when he was at Roma. Um, So, you know, these type of things are few and far between for United States individuals, and I'd like to see him do well. Yeah, and, and, you know, for all those people who thought that Jesse Marshall was crazy for leaving the head coaching gig in New York Red Bulls um, back, I can't remember, four or five years ago to be an assistant at Leipzig, you know, look where that's got him now. You know, he went from the assistant at Leipzig to Red Bull Salzburg, and now he's back to the head coach at Leipzig. So just great career path for him. 
Yeah, and if you see any tweets out there about not all United States coaches having the opportunity to do this type of thing, I mean, you know, number one guy, number one jackass, in my opinion, again, is Alexi Lawless. <laughs> he, he's, you know, congratulated Marsh, but at the same time, he's kind of like uh, talking smack about him having a <clears throat> preferential treatment towards this opportunity. But Ian hit the nail on the head. The dude left his position specifically to demote himself for an opportunity that might occur five to six years down the road, right? This is not a guarantee. This is a might occur. He has to learn the league. He has to learn the players. He has to learn the systems. And then it has to be the perfect setup for somebody to leave the top club for him to get promoted or, or the club that he was at. And, and eventually these things all had to fall into place. So this is not, this is not like a, a handed to him on a silver platter. He made the choice in hopes of something like this happen, he made his own path. Other coaches can do this as well. I know uh, there are some younger younger kids that are kind of taking positions as assistants in Liga MX uh, that are United States uh, born and raised. And so we're going to see a, a new rash of coaches and, and people that understand the game. And there are definitely people making waves and, and taking the opportunities that they see fit to, to better themselves and to increase their soccer IQ. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it really is great to see an American take the helm of what I would say is probably at this point a top 20, maybe even top 16 gig in, in world soccer right now. You know, even though, you know, Leipzig are, are a fake club, you know, they weren't, they haven't been around <laughs> all, all the years like, you know, Bayern and Dortmund. Um, they were kind of bought into to create the club that they are, but it they are a top team right now. Yeah, agreed. So hopefully this gets you through the weekend. Again, we stand in solidarity with those trying to end the systemic racism and, and trying to make a statement about that. You know, I'm glad that quickly came together just as quick as Super League ended. Super League <laughs> sucks. And hopefully y'all got your fill of the NFL draft too, because uh, I know I did. The Bears are just throwing me for all sorts of loops here. Uh, Ian got a nice hairdo in Jacksonville. I mean, with the guy's name, Trevor Lawrence, right? He, he has some Blaine Gabbert. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, congrats to Jacksonville. The Bears, hopefully, you know, this will be the first African-American face of the franchise, that not Khalil Mack, like a quarterback uh, that I can remember as a Bears fan because we've had a lot of opportunities to have some successful individuals. And for me, it was always the color of the skin is what determined who was the quarterback. But I'm, I'm really happy with the selection and the Bears being able to move forward like this. And hopefully it breeds success and, and fans for years to come. Yeah, you know, and as a Georgia Bulldog fan, you guys have got a good quarterback there in Justin Fields. I was really sad to see him transfer out of Georgia and go to Ohio State. So he, hopefully yeah, he Not he many people know that he was there first. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, all right. Well, here we go. We ended with MLS and NFL on a soccer pod. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, have a good weekend. We love y'all. Peace. See you guys.